Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. I'm excited. What an odd week of football, both college and NFL, but I'm excited to talk about it. Let's get pumped. It was a full slate. Well, not a full slate of college and or NFL. It's the first week the bye week's coming into the NFL. And a lot of uh, a lot of buys in the college football world as well this week. A lot of idle weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. We had uh, some, I don't even know how to call this, a situation in Knoxville over the weekend. Oh, buddy, I can't wait to break that down. Cannot wait. A little bit more gone. into that later. Uh, definitely going to get some of Nate's take on being an official in a situation like that later on. Um, we had the WNBA finals come to an end. NHL mm-hmm. is starting. Baseball's winding down in their championship series. Um, we don't uh, cover it in the show, but I do want to say the crew and the Kraken went to overtime. And the crew won. I tried to reach out for some fan reaction, some experts. Nobody bit. But I knew I know the outcome is the crew beat the Kraken in overtime. There's your NHL NHL update for the show. So how do you feel about that? Odd. Like I'm happy, but I'm also sad. I'm torn. You've you've come out and said that your fandom is with the Kraken now. It is. You've, you've but swore, like it's you've a sworn Columbus off. thing. You've sworn off the, the crew. Or not even I the know. crew. The Blue Jackets, Jim. Yeah. the Not the crew, the Blue Jackets. See, I've been doing that all weekend, too. The Jackets lost to the or beat the Kraken. I feel bad because I am a Kraken fan now. But good for Columbus. I don't know. I feel so. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, not much of an intro today. Remember to follow us at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Get engaged. Get following. Like the things. Comment on the things. Do all the things. Remember, we have a weekly betting show that drops every Thursday. What um, episode is this? Do we know? You've just, just as able to look at this as I am, Jim. I believe we're at 90. This is 90. We're almost there. Getting let's closer to 100. Closer to 100. Big things coming in episode 100s. So let's get into the show. It is week six of the NFL. Breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Yep. And... What an odd, exciting, good win kind of week. I mean, we'll start with the Buccaneers, where there was a taunting first, penalty. First, 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 we have Sam and Nate with us here, as always. Make I sure just that we assumed make sure point. the audience knows. I just assume, like, the audience there may be new listeners. There may be new listeners. Okay, then new we should listeners. probably intro them. Nate truly. and Sam, Nate and Sam, the married first, couple. The first. They are. Celebrating their first year as a married couple today. Uh, yes. Nate, Nate, a high school referee. Sam, a wife of a high school referee in, in terms of sports. What a great intro. What a great <laughs> intro Jim's got going on. <laughs> I mean, what how what sports affiliation you want to have, Sam? I mean, I was a competitive dancer. And competitive dancer. Boom. There, Muff. Do we intro them enough? What else do you want to throw in there? 
with the first couple of the beanbag bop. Yep. Boom. Of which, still waiting to uh, unveil that to the world. Same as beanbag bop. Episode 100. I'm going to put it on our Facebook post when I put the Facebook out. I got it all. It's all up here in the head. Okay. I got a plan. Okay. All right. So, Nate and Sam come on. We chat about the NFL. Uh, Sam chimes in here and there. Nate uh, has thoughts on football and is also an official. So, every once in a while, has some thoughts on that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, for Thursday night game, Nate's favorite team, the Buccaneers, taking on the Eagles. Uh, gave us another Bucks victory. And, Nate, you can continue to revel in their dominance for another week as they hold Jalen Hurts in check enough to win 28-22. to how was uh how were you thinking about this game, Nate? Once they went up twenty eight seven, I almost turned it off thinking, okay, they got this in the bag and then they let them back in it. And one of my old high school coaches just say, You let a turd back in the game, they're gonna come back and potentially win it. So I for a second thought that was gonna happen. I mean, they just gotta get healthy. That's their big thing right now. I mean, Sherman went out, I think, like the first series of the game. So there's three or four corners out. So if they don't get healthy, they're gonna be hurting quickly. Yes, they will. This is uh, are the Bucks like going to be like the the Chiefs of last year. They win a lot of games, but they don't cover. Is this going to be their mo? What I said at this rate, that's what it looks like. It's starting to look like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, getting into Sunday morning, the game across the pond. Dolphins and Jaguars. The Jags get Urban Meyer his first NFL win and Trevor Lawrence his first victory in the NFL with a gutted performance capped off by a game-winning field goal as time expires in London town. Jags win 23-220. Urban comes from behind on two continents now. <sighs> that all? Do you got anything else you want to say, Jim? That's it. Aaron? Next. Aaron? Aaron Wilkinson's joined the show. Hey, buddy. Hi. How are you guys? See you. Are you going to do an intro, Jim? Uh, that's the intro I'm going to do. You can intro him. Maybe intro Sam. You intro Wilk. <laughs> well, I really introed them. You just stumbled through the intro afterwards. Aaron Wilkinson, the guru, the guru of, I don't know. What are you, the guru of Wilk? Random guru. Randomness, random guru, random yep. guru, mojo moments, mm-hmm. discussions on things, whatever yep. make all of it, all of all, all of, the, of those things, all of the random, things. random, randomness uh, is is joins randomly as by the title, mm-hmm. um, and we'll hang around for some of the NFL talk today. Uh, next, yeah. next week the Vikings taking on the Panthers. Uh, Vikings were up 11 with about five minutes left in regulation. This one, uh, the Panthers storm back, tying the game with 45 seconds left. Vikings missed two field goals down the stretch in attempts to put the game away, including a last second field goal in regulation for the win. But they figured out over time and win 34 to 28. I'm kind of upset. Sam Darnold did not play well again. Uh, I think the Jags are, or the Panthers are slipping. Um, I don't think this is a statement game for the Vikings as much as it is. The Panthers are starting to really suck. So aren't they three and three now? Yeah. Didn't they start out three and zero? Yeah. They are like another team we'll talk about later. 
think this is a product of I, who I've they play. I've been waiting on this. I cannot wait. Let's get into that three and three talk that I think you're setting me up for. No, not even a little bit. You were just okay. itching to get into an argument tonight. No, so I'm just waiting for the Browns talk. I've been waiting shut your all butt. day. Let's shut go. your butt on this. Not even in there. Okay. Um, next, we got the Chargers taking on the Ravens. The league's worst rush defense goes up against the dynamic rushing attack in Baltimore, and the running game reigns supreme as the Ravens account for almost 200 yards total rushing and route to an easy 34-6 victory over the Chargers, Jim's favorite team. Man, it crushed my day. It, I lost it. I will say it probably cost me the game against Wilk in fantasy football because Herbert just crapped the bed. Uh, Eckler did not run for anything. Um, what happened to the Chargers? They cannot handle a run game for anything. Um, remember four weeks ago, five weeks ago, when we were like, the Ravens are doomed? We, I mean, we, we've been waiting for the foot to fall on the Ravens. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on if you're a fan or not, like maybe Baltimore Guru Keith, the, the Ravens have reloaded it running back because they brought in Latavius Murray. Le'Veon Bell, Lamar Jackson is. That's not reloading. That's there. going out there and like hiring every running back possible and be like, "Can you do this?" And then just throwing him at it, and just keep. They're just gonna throw everybody. At. Like Murray got hurt in the middle of that game. Like you hurt. Next one up, throw him. We're just like seeing what sticks. That's what happened today. I'm I'm surprised that you guys don't give the Baltimore Ravens offensive line more credit. You know what? And you're I right. Mean, they're just throwing people out there, and these guys are putting up this many yards. You're absolutely I right. I mean, the offensive line's got to be doing something right for mm-hmm. the Baltimore Ravens for people to be walking off the street and putting up 20, 30 yards rushing yeah. on three or four attempts. So, absolutely I mean, kudos right. to them. That is a good point. And guys are getting hurt on that offensive line, and they're just marching back out there. Like, I saw a guy get rolled over, and he's, like, limping off the field, and he just – Sits out of play and he's like rolling himself back out there. So it was impressive. All right, next we got the Rams taking on the Giants. Giants jump out early in this one. And by early jumping out, I mean they got the first field goal of the game, went up 3 0. And that's the last time they sniff anything close to a win as the Rams cruise to a 38 11 victory behind four touchdown passes from Matthew Stafford. Is this still a hot and cold team, Jim? This has been your take all along. No. No. They're at least lukewarm at this point. Yeah, they're, consistently. they're, warm. they're okay. warm consistently. Okay, that's fair. Uh, next, we got the Texans taking on the Colts. Colts, welcome back. T.Y. Hilton, and he responds as the number one receiver should, leading the team in receiving as the Colts dismiss, put away, and get the win against the hapless Houston Texans 31 to 3. At this point, you may as well just bet against the Texans every week. Should the Texans trade Deshaun right now? Nobody wants Deshaun. I don't know that that's necessarily true. You got a lot of injured quarterbacks out there now. Well, Jim, who do you think's gonna want Deshaun? I Cleveland might take a shot shot at him. Baker's hurt and limping along with torn everything. I think they'll yep. take Case Keenum over Deshaun Watson, <laughs> who may not be able to play in three weeks. <laughs> depending on yeah. how things pan out for him. Okay. I mean, just the PR nightmare of it all. It's just not. They're not going to deal with it. So no, you don't think anybody takes a risk? No. Well, the took a risk, you think, a couple years ago on uh, Kareem Hunt. That's my kind of, that was my thing. It was like, they've done it before. 
I just think there's too many question marks. And, like, the unknown isn't there. With Kareem Hunt, there seemed to be like, okay, well, he's probably going to get suspended for this many games. We can get him back here. But with Deshaun, there's just so many question marks on all of it that they don't know what they're going to, you know, I don't know. I got you. All right, next we have the Chiefs taking on the Mrs. Snyders, a.k.a. the Washington football team. Washington defense looks good early, which is something they haven't had for the rest of the season to this point. Uh, but good old Patrick Mahomes doesn't let that last too long as the Chiefs outscore Washington 21 to nothing in the second half on their way to a 31-13 to victory. Chiefs over Washington football team. I have questions. <clears throat> All right, so I came late to the party. I understand that. So I apologize if you have already covered any of these subjects. Have you talked about the Las Vegas Raiders yet? We have not, no. No. Okay. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll bring it up there. But the Washington football team plays part into what I want to bring up. Okay. Um, I don't have much to say about this game. I watched it. Chiefs get and- back to 500. I mean, that's the big thing here, I think. I, I would be very nervous if I'm a Chiefs fan. I will say that. Yeah, that was a mind game for them, for sure. Yeah. All right, next, Packers-Bears. Aaron Rodgers announced to the Chicago faithful that he still owns them. And despite Justin Fields' best effort, the Packers are too much at Soldier Field, winning 24-14. to Aaron Rodgers got a little, got a little frisky with... Old boy plays with a chip on his shoulder a lot more this year. (laughs) A lot. And I like it. I am here for Aaron Rodgers. Long hair, don't care. Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) It was, uh, it's funny. There was actually some speculation that the only reason he was growing his hair out was for some Halloween situation. Mm -hmm. Um, That was put to bed this past week. um, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show where he said, no, man, just growing out my hair. It's not for a Halloween costume. (laughs) I, I think evil Aaron Rodgers is a good Aaron Rodgers. That's what I think. I think it's good to watch. Have you seen his new State Farm commercial where he's hosting like a Jeopardy show? No. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, it's so great. It's like uh, Celebrity Jeopardy and he's saying stuff underneath his breath. It's so oh, funny. I gotta watch it. I saw the one where he's a rock star. <laughs> That's I like that one as well. Next, Bengals taking on the Lions. Motor City Dan Campbell, MCDC, couldn't muster up the tears to guide his team to their first victory of the season as Joe Burrow tosses three tutties that aren't to the normal targets in their offense. And the Bengals improved to 4-2 and two with a 34-11 victory over the Lions. Um, did you all, anybody else catch that uh, Dan Campbell last week after the Lions loss was in tears in the press conference? Like, in not. literal tears. He was I so disappointed. Not. It was like an Urban Meyer move in my mind. There are two points I do want to bring up about this. One, they pulled Joe Burrow at some point in this game just to be like, all right, we've got this in the bag. Let's sit him. Smart move out of Cincinnati for once. Right. Wow. (laughs) Two, there were pundits on TV, on the NFL Network, on CBS and Fox saying that Dan Campbell might be on a hot seat for this. And that the Jaguars win makes it even hotter. Is this not his first year? It is his first year. And is this not Detroit? Why is he in the hot? Like, I didn't realize the expectations were 
to produce a winning franchise year one in Detroit. Hey, I mean, I think they with Jared Goff at the helm, they thought they, oh, we at least have maybe quarterback that we're not rebuilding, rebuilding. So maybe they thought they'd, you know, I'm not saying that they were going to be super competitive, but maybe closer to 500. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I, do we think he's on the hot seat? No. Okay, that's what I thought. All right. As long as we're all on the same page, I feel good now. All three networks were like, yep, pressure's on now. I was like, okay. All right, Jim. It's your time to shine. You wanted to talk about it. What did I want to talk about? I thought you were going to bust up on the Browns. I've been waiting on this. It's, it's your turn. It's your turn to talk about your team, buddy. The Cardinals versus the Browns. Browns come in with basically no one. And Baker Mayfield and... <laughs> OBJ. I've been waiting for this excuse the whole time. <laughs> Did you see the? I sent you the injury report. Yeah, it's not. And it, no, that was the injury report. About half of them were still participants in practice and were going to play. Just because they're on the injury report doesn't mean they're not playing, Jim. Browns are playing with a banged up team. <laughs> doesn't uh, doesn't stop the Ravens. Well, it stops the Steelers when we're talking about Steelers, but we'll move. I digress. You're the one that brings up the Steelers injuries. I, I never brought them up. That is true. I digress. <laughs> anyway, they played like crap. Um, Cardinals picked them apart. I think the only thing that was very fascinating about this game, the Hail Mary at the end of the first half was pretty cool. I love seeing that no matter who's playing. It was just a bad look for the Browns. Uh, Cleveland turned into Columbus on Twitter and want to burn the franchise down the season is now over if you ask a cleveland fan so what's what's baker mayfield's deal is his this is left labrum now fully gone that's what or they're saying is that what the thought is yeah yeah so it was not it was nick not chubb good. nick chubb was not playing in this game cream hunt i mean cream hunt's still a quality back so i mean i think he yeah. got carted off the field they get carted off the field yeah it was a fourth down play. He was just released on the backfield. It looks like his calf cramped up or something. He came off grabbing his calf and carted him um, off. Yeah, I saw it at the end of the game. No, I have no idea. They said calf, but who knows where that can go. That can go yeah. day to day, week to week. You can never be sure about a calf. Live looking. We got someone streaking on the field in Pittsburgh. Is that right? Internation out in First, full effect. How far back am I? Like, I'm looking at it. It's like a... They're just lining up for a play. <laughs> yeah, good, good he just, thoughts. He just came. He just came on the field. There he is. There he what is. What is he doing? Oh my god! Stryker. I think like when James Harrison tackled that fan in Cleveland. I been... <laughs> and then was and then was fined ten thousand dollars because it was James Harrison. <laughs> If I was a team owner of Rooney, I would have paid for that fine. Right. <laughs> Next up. Anything Cowboys. else on the Browns, Jim? No, they, they suck. Okay. Next, we got the Cowboys taking on the Patriots in a game full of mojo moments. None was more mojo e than Dak Prescott leading the Cardinal or the Cowboys down the field in overtime. After the boys' defense forced a punt in the Patriots' opening overtime possession, Cowboys with an overtime touchdown to C.D. Lamb, and they win and improve to five and one with a thirty-five twenty-nine overtime victory over the Patriots in Foxborough. I have so many things. I just have one thing I want to say, but I'm gonna let Will have his time, and then I'm gonna come in. No, go say your thing. No, no. 
Nope. Well, I mean, I, this game was the exact reason I talked about last week. Was like we the Cowboys left 21 points on the field. They they threw an interception in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, the one wide receiver dropped the touchdown pass that they end up kicking a field goal for. I I cannot believe that other fumble actually occurred because the play before that he scored a touchdown. I agree. They didn't review it. I, I don't know why. And then they fumbled into the end zone. So it was once again, it was one of those games that the Cowboys literally try to give it away. Penalties galore. Um, Stefan Diggs now has this seventh interception. Trayvon yeah, seven Diggs. and six. Trayvon Diggs. I'm yeah. sorry, Stefan's his brother. So he's got seven interceptions. He tied Rod Woodson's 1993 record yep. for the most interceptions in six games. Uh, the Cowboys have the most touchdowns since 1960. Yep. I saw that graphic. Haven't I mean, won happy Super Bowl in 25 years. Saw that graphic uh, today. Yeah, no, probably not. No. I mean, 1996. So that was the last one. Yeah. So the year was 96. It was against if, the Steelers. Super Bowl if, 30. If I were you, mm-hmm. I would never, ever want Tony Romo to call a Cowboys game. Oh, I like it, Tony. Hold on. Okay. Diggs gets an interception for a touchdown. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. This man says, <laughs> I, don't think anybody, I don't think anybody can beat the Cowboys. They're, they're, Super, Bowl, they're Super Bowl bound. <laughs> Next play. Whoop, touchdown. Yeah. It, if it was I also was a funny. fan, I would burn Tony Romo at the stake for cursing my team. Well, earlier, um, uh, the quarterback from New England hadn't thrown in an incomplete pass, and they were talking about it. And the next pass he threw was incomplete, and they were both arguing about whose fault it was. So it, Tony it was Romo pretty should never. But they, I, they, I like, they were dying to say that, though. Unlike Chris Collinsworth, who I despise, like yes. if that man drops off the face of the earth tomorrow. I'm having a party, but Tony Romo, I like because we, we, do, not, we do not condone that happening on the show. <laughs> I just want aliens to abduct him. I don't want him to die. We oh, can't say that. We aliens. can't say that. We can't say that word either on the show. What aliens? Abduction. <laughs> Why? Which one? <laughs> hey, hey, just do some research on Demi Lovato. Just do your do your research. Oh, oh yeah, man. yeah, you're right. Yeah, extraterrestrials. Um. Anyways, um. I want I want him to go with ET, um, but Tony Romo has really good insights. Like he'll talk about like, oh well, if they would have done this, and he'll point out things or he'll call out stuff before the play happens because he's he's not too far removed yet. Like he's not right. so out of touch with the game. Like you can still read defenses. But he whereas like your, other he cursed your players. Nah, it was fine. No, yeah, you because you won. Because you won. They didn't deserve to win that game. I had money they, on they that really game. Didn't. Well, I, I mean, had money I'm on that game. The minute he said Super Bowl, I was like, there goes my money. He almost lost it win? anyway. I won. You almost lost it. <laughs> well, I would also like to thank C.D. Lamb for that touchdown because it boosted me. Um, he was projected to only score 13 points in our fantasy league, and he scored 31. So I don't really now have to rely on Allen and uh, yeah, no, Najee Harris to beat you. Yeah, you yeah. got it. We'll see you in two weeks. The good news about for both of you is that Tony Rim is on the hot seat in the uh, in the reporting world because apparently he got a little a little too sauced up earlier this week at a fundraising event and uh, got on the mic and 
wasn't didn't say anything outlandish, but definitely didn't uh, help any causes he has in getting any big gigs. We'll just put oh. it that way. <clears throat> Is the next game you're going to talk about the Raiders game? Yeah, that's the next one up. Okay. Before we talk about the game, since I am a loyal listener, I listened to the show last week. And in your Fast Five, you guys talked about um, Chucky being released from his coaching duties mm-hmm. and why the emails came out. And I don't know if you guys have played catch up yet to know that it was all about the Washington football team emails that they were digging into. Correct. And that's how these emails came out was he wasn't even a coach at the time. He was an and and that an analyst. Thank you. Yep. For ESPN. And he was talking to one of the the general manager of Washington. Yes. Where he was time, yeah. yeah, where he was expressing his um interesting positions and thoughts and feelings on people's sexuality and color of skin. So I just didn't know if you guys had had covered that yet on we had not yet no what you talked about last week yeah no but thank okay. you yeah all right yes we give that to later in the fast five yeah it's just the whole week playing from behind thing but go ahead raiders go into denver and put more support to the thought that just like the panthers the broncos were frauds with their 3-0 start winning 34 to 24 behind a balanced offensive attack and their defense forcing three interceptions from Teddy Bridgewater. Raiders win 34-24, giving interim head coach more wins than Dan Campbell as a head coach at this point. Yikes. That's cold, Ma. That's cold. Poor Dan Campbell. Poor Dan Campbell. Just biting ankles all over the place. Live look at the uh, Steeler game, Nate? Nil, nil. Nil, nil. <laughs> It's got to be no more than five minutes in, right? Yeah, roughly. Steelers are on their second possession. Who do we have in this game? Nate? I think Ben's experience will outplay Geno Smith. I can't believe we had to say that. Ben versus Geno Smith. Uh, what is it? Geno's first start since, what, 16? Is that uh, what the stat is, I think? It's been five years. Yeah, like four years. Well, yeah, he we ended... Got? I'm rooting for the Seahawks. Um, a surprise. I I, I, I root for the Seahawks. Um, he ended uh, Eli Manning's streak of 210 starts consecutively, and now he just ended Russell Wilson's streak. Wow. Wow. That, I mean... It's just a coincidence. I yeah, mean, it's a coincidence. I don't it. think it says anything about anything, but it's just interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, they were talking about how, you know, he got drafted by the Jets and he was a uh, second-round pick and he started there for two years. And then for five years, he's kind of bounced around the league. But, like, they rattled off the quarterbacks he was a backup to. And it's like a who's who of quarterbacks. So, they were saying, like, he's got to pick up a, a few things from here he and there. Help, right? Yeah, I mean, he was back up to Drew Brees. He was back up to Eli. He was back up to Russell Wilson. So, I mean, he, he's been under the tutelage of, of some really great quarterbacks. So, maybe he'll be able to hold out, um, you know, keep Seattle alive while Russell's out. He's out, what, four weeks, six weeks? How long is he out for? I think he's got five weeks left. TBD. I think yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a four to eight weeks stretch, I think, is what's been stated. I don't know. I know this isn't a visual podcast because I listen to it every week. But can we talk about? Do we like when they color in the um, the yardage to go? Like I, 
it makes the grass look weird, right? Does that? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Else, I'm not a fan of that either. Fan. I don't mind the yellow line. Leave yeah. that, but don't color in the grass. I don't, don't like make the red that line. grass more green. I don't like the red line for the field goal. It gives me anxiety. Like in that Dallas Cowboys game. I don't know, maybe I'm just quirky, but that gave me anxiety. The, the target line? Yeah, I did not like that. I, I like what, the target line. What would you rather it be, Jim? Just let it be. But, you don't need that. But, it's a good it's a good visual representation. Yeah, no. Not when I'm chasing a spread. Live looking at the Steeler game, this dude just broke his arm tackling a Seattle Seahawks player. It was Is nasty. It broke? Oh, it's broke. He got up and his arm was just dangling. And he was holding it with his other hand. Nate, like how he are got you up late immediately on this? and was just like, "I saw him running off. I didn't realize he broke his arm. I'm reporting. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, Nate, it's a it, he arm tackles a guy right in the shin and I'm, he gets up in his arm just like this. I'm gonna tell you if it's a Gumby. Thank you. That's what I need. And most you ask, it's Benny Snell. Oh, I like him too. Benny Snell running back from Kentucky. We're waiting on the confirmation of a Gumby for those who are listening. That is when right, someone me. wiggles their arm Denny's like a now. IR now. That's what he's from now. Yeah, he's probably he's on, on the, the IR he's list. On the, he's on the pup list probably with a broken yeah. arm. Uh, all right. We got Monday night while we're looking to confirm Gumby status. Bills versus Titans. Who we got? Bills. Bills all the way. Bills. Bills. All right, Nate. What are we What are we oh. looking at here? I'm trying to get to go slow, but it's really not cooperating. But I am going to say it probably is a Gumby. Oh, Gumby. I've seen worse, but it, it looks like a Gumby. Ugh. I hate the Gumby. He's like it, doing like the snake thing with his arm. Oh. Oh. <laughs> For those of you who aren't watching, Wilk is demonstrating the Gumby snake arm. It is a arm hanging from what appears to be the elbow down. Ugh. Ugh. Gumby. We should have t-shirts made. Sam. Yes. We need you to design a Gumby t-shirt with a broken arm. Okay. Ugh. That takes us into the beanbag bop. And now we welcome the first couple of the beanbag bop, Nate and Sam back for this segment, which is the beanbag bop, where Nate talks about some things from the officially officiating world. And uh, Jim and I have some situations that we pose uh, we had some interesting and interesting, a very interesting situation, which is going to be, I think, the majority of our discussion today from the Tennessee game. I know Jim was intimately involved with this because I was receiving text messages the entirety of this game, <clears throat> which I was not watching. So yes. uh, we're going to start there and then we'll we'll end it on a more lighthearted note at the end with something that Nate found. So, Jim, break down this game or break All down right. the issues from this game. So first off, if I could bring back the asshat segment we started the show with Tennessee fans are asshats we're gonna move on um there's a minute left roughly uh Tennessee is marching it's like fourth or yeah fourth and 24 they're going forward on fourth players running he's got the ball tucked he falls about a yard short the ball is by his belly button all the camera angles show is maybe he stretched it. Maybe he didn't. They go to the replay. Replay sh shows that he is, in fact, a yard short. Ruling is uh, called down, yard short. 
crowd goes nuts. It's in Tennessee. Tennessee fans start throwing things on the field. Just absolutely bananas. Golf balls. A full bottle of mustard. Throwing water bottles. Beer cans. There were piss bottles as well. Yes. Lane Kiffin came out later and said, there were bottles with dark liquid in them, and it wasn't moonshine because they wouldn't waste that on me. I think was his pretty, (laughs) pretty, pretty close to his direct quote. Sure. It was crazy, right? They had to march the, the band out of the feet, out of the stadium. They had to march cheerleaders, dance team, everything. All gone. Bye. They had to delay the game. My first question, Nate. Yes. Who has the authority to call the game? Now, mind you, Tennessee had three timeouts left. But who has the authority to just stop the game? Does a referee have the authority? Because for the listeners at home, I just want you to clarify this. Yeah, if player safety ever comes into the equation, yes, the officiating crew can stop the game. Okay. Got it. Now, they get everybody back into the stands after clearing out student sections and kicking people out. They get everybody calm. People are still throwing things, but obviously it's not making it onto the field. My next question is, Nate, I didn't see referees. Now, cameras weren't like intimately following the referees. I didn't see referees walking the field looking for debris. Is that a referee's responsibility? Is it the ground crew? Is it the visiting? Is it the home stands? But I feel like if golf balls are making it on the field, people should be like inspecting the field a bit. Yeah, I mean, they were actually pushing the visiting team in this case, Ole Miss, into the middle of the field, away from all the crazy fans. So, I mean, usually, I don't know if they're going to throw anything heavy enough that's going to reach it, but really, I mean, as officials, we're not responsible for picking all that garbage up. I mean, that's going to be the home uh, game administration. And you would expect them to look for, like, I don't know, foreign objects that have made it onto the field. Yeah, I mean, as you're going onto the field, I mean, even pregame, we're going across the field looking for any – abnormalities or anything like that or but yeah so if you go back on the field you might see something you'll pick it up toss it off but that's on home administration to take care of that okay so the game gets to playing again tennessee stops old miss that whole drive that they stopped them took 15 seconds okay mm-hmm. so here's my question nate Old Miss punts the ball. The ball is in the air. When does the clock start? When the ball is snapped to the punter and the, then the clock is started? Yeah, as soon as that ball snapped, the clock starts. The, the clock did not start. Maybe call it hometown cooking. The clock never started. It's whatever. That clock never started in the Tennessee game. So there's some extra seconds for them. The clock then started when the Tennessee player caught the ball and started to run. Now, he ran all the way to about the 30, maybe the 40. Okay? Mm -hmm. At that point, when is the, the continuous clock thing happens when a play happens inbounds, Mm -hmm. but not on on an incomplete pass, correct? 
Yeah, incomplete pass clock stops, obviously, yes. First down's clock stops until it's reset. Just to mark first down and move the change, and then once everything's set, you restart the clock. Which official is in charge of that? The referee is the one that's going to wind it. Usually in high school ball, referee's going to wind it, and then the back judge, whoever's looking at the clock, has the clock. Which official does a does a coach have to signal timeout to? They can signal up to whoever they want, but usually it's going to be whoever's closest to them. Okay. I'm just thinking about how they manage these seconds. Mm-hmm. Because it's yes. not done well. Right. So, I mean, if especially in college, I mean, high school, you're obviously not going to be able to do it. You're not allowed anyway. But they could say, oh, there was so and so many seconds left when I'm calling this timeout. Mm-hmm. So they might be able to go and review it. I mean, we've had it before in under varsity games where we've been trying to stop the clock, clock runs, or we're trying to get the clock to run and they're not starting. So you might be able to, if they're wearing headsets, might say, hey, radio up to the booth and tell them to put X amount of seconds on or off the clock. Got it. But again, whoever's looking at the clock is usually the one that's going to be responsible, whether it be back judge or referee. Fair enough. Of course, the game ends with Tennessee's quarterback running out of bounds. If anybody yeah. wants to see how it ends. Like, talk about situational awareness, right? He thought, he, according to what I've heard, he thought he had a second left when he went out. And he thought he could get it done in one more play. I mean, at that point, you got to know how much time's left. You can't assume, oh, I'm going to have a second left. Yeah. If you're going to take off, you either got to think end zone or you got to start lateraling that ball. All right, Nate, you're in this situation. What is your primary what is your primary concern and what is the thing that you are doing the most if things start raining down on you or on the field? How do you what are you what are your first what are your first reactions and what do you do? Like what is the process you work through to to get things going on your end? So of course there's nothing in the referee's handbook or anything that prepared. <laughs> But I think they did it right where they start pushing towards the middle of the field and away from everything. Because you saw the photos and videos where they're rushing the cheerleaders off the field and they're covering their heads and they're getting pelted with shit and the taking the band out of the stands. I mean, at that point, you want to try to get the crowd under control. You don't want to start running in and put yourself in harm's way. Like even when Lane Kibbett's walking off the field and they chuck that water bottle at him, he saw it coming. Those deputies never saw it coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he caught if, it. He mossed it. Yeah, he did one-handed. Yeah. So if they're starting to throw stuff, I mean, of course you're going to hope that game administration cops, whoever's there on that night, are going to try to start handling that like right away. But if that's me, I'm doing the same thing. I'm getting to the middle of the field, furthest away from anything that could potentially hit me in the head. Because again, I mean, no matter what direction you try to go, otherwise you could still potentially be hit from behind. All right. Sam, Sam, what are you doing? What it, what it, what uh, what words of wisdom would you want to put in Nate's head if he's involved in a situation where the field's just getting pelted with everything? Well, I would hope he would get hit in the head because it might knock some sense into him. All right. But no, the one thing that I saw they put a picture of is someone threw like a whole bottle of mustard at him. The whole um, bottle of mustard. Where do you get a bottle of mustard? Like, just did you steal it from the concession stand? Like, I mean, usually it's those pumps, right? Or the little packets. 
They came up. Where do you get a whole bottle of mustard? Don't they Pull it out of the purse, man. Yeah. Thinking maybe that was maybe a uh, maybe it was yeah it was tailgating yeah tailgating or maybe that wasn't mustard that was in there at the beginning maybe that <laughs> came in with a little bit of liquor or jello shots maybe mustard jello. I mean, you empty the mustard out, <laughs> or you buy that specifically for that reason. Live to life, people. Live to life. All right, uh, so, so that obviously a pretty uh, unique situation, potentially harming situation, dangerous situation. Uh, let's get into a little bit of lighthearted talk, a little bit about, it was a high school game, I believe, Nate, that you uh, you sent us a clip to. Uh, tell us about what this was and what your thoughts are from the officiating point of view. So I'm just scrolling through Instagram and I happen to follow Max Preps just as a sports fan to see some random stuff. And here I see an official, I'm like, oh, this is good. Because anytime they put an official on max preps, it's never good. So here they get together for the coin toss and here it's rock, paper, scissors. So I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is this? And I'm thinking, surely this can't be a high school game. And I'm like, okay, it has to be because you actually have somebody wearing a white hat, usually in a below varsity game, everybody just wears their black hat. I mean, you can clearly tell behind it's dark out. You don't play a middle school game, especially, I mean, those kids are definitely older just by looking at them. And then you just see the referee stand there, hands in his pockets, and he's watching. He goes, oh, no, wait, he won that round. Start over. Oh, no, he won. Okay, one-to-one. I'm like, how does nobody have, like, a damn quarter in their pocket? Even when I go to peewee games, if I don't see anybody else there, I at least grab a quarter out of my door of my car in case nobody else shows up with a coin. You use your Aldi quarter for the coin toss? Yes, I use my Aldi quarter for the coin toss. <laughs> now I know why sometimes you ask me for a quarter for the cart at Aldi. Because you lose it for the coin toss. <laughs> and now the uh, truth. All right. Now we know. Now we know where the Aldi quarter goes in Nate's life. I think you should start rock papers. No. Protect the quarter. That takes the quarter. <laughs> Replace the quarter. Don't do rock, paper, scissors. Don't. I mean, you know, it may not be the worst thing in the world if you end up on max preps, Nate. Could be fun. Yeah, it could be fun. Could be terrible. I don't know. All right. Anything else in the officiating world, peeps? Oh, nothing else that I saw. I mean, this game's not over and we got a game tomorrow night. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. And that leads us right into the Bean Bag Box. Everybody get your bean bag ready to rock. Follow me and have fun to the Bean Bag Box. Do it, do it, the Bean Bag Box. College football, week seven. Dun, 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 dun. A week filled of fun, enjoyment, excitement. Except for neither of our favorite teams were playing, Jim. Yeah, but we bet on enough college football this week to make it interesting, I think. Yeah. As is the the typical way that we break this down, we're going to get into the Big Ten because that's what we care about most. And then we'll talk about the other. They're making it real hard for us to care. I'll tell you that much. Uh, this week was a little difficult. Um, <laughs> things happened. Nothing that we probably wanted to see in the end, but no. it happened. Uh, and then we'll get into the rest of the top 25, and then we will go into this week's top 10 in the AP and our thoughts. 
So starting out in the Big Ten, Wisconsin returns back to their winning ways and hopes to recover their season before heading into more Big Ten matchups, beating Army 20 to 14. If you're going to call that recovering, struggling against Army, all right, they recovered, but geez. <laughs> they got to win. I don't know. Yeah. That's all I can say. Northwestern gets to 500 with a 21 7 win over Rutgers. Is this the nail in the Rutgers season for the for now, Jim? Northwestern beat them. They're on tilt. <laughs> I, I there was a thought that maybe Rutgers could be competitive for the entire season, but I think we've we're starting to not feel that way anymore. Yeah, no. Uh, Minnesota jumps out early and holds on as the weather continues to heat up. The frost in Nebraska. Fire Scott Scott <laughs> Frost. Fire him. Fire James. him now. Is it because you put a bet on him? No, lost? that was just a really bad game. Really bad coaching. Like, I don't think his players are all bought in. And at this point, that's a shame. I just think he doesn't command um, authority over that team. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that his players respect him enough. And I think they peter out at the end. And as evident by how many one-score games has he lost? I mean, he's a national championship head coach, Jim. He won yeah, one at well, UCF. I don't know. <laughs> if I was Barry Switzer, I'd be like, get this man off my field. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, number 10, Michigan State stays undefeated, holding on against an undermanned Indiana team, 20-15. to 15. I think Indiana was on their quarterback two. Yeah, it, definitely it should, be, should be quarterback one. Let's <laughs> number two is the, actually number one. Yeah, we should not try the Pennock experiment, experiment anymore in Indiana. And I tell you what, this is not a good look for Michigan State as they're about to go into it, the toughest, in my opinion, end of the year. Between they got Big Brother, they got Penn State, and they got Ohio State to face in the closing weeks of the season. And Michigan State didn't look good. Did not look good. They're just they're holding on to that undefeated record. They're going into a bye week this week. They better get their heads out of their asses. And in the Big Ten, the shocker of the weekend sees the Purdue Boilermakers beat the number two ranked Hawkeyes of Iowa at Luke Kinnick Field. And Gus Johnson can put a lid on it, as far as I'm concerned, as Purdue gets a lead and never lets go of it in this one, winning 24 to 7 and putting the top four team and the top four in the rankings into another tailspin. So here's the thing about this Purdue game, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, oh, I was at the, and I heard this before the game from pundits on Fox and ESPN. Iowa has the best defense in the nation. I was like, oh, okay. So when you sent me the score midway through, like, uh-oh, upset mm-hmm. alert. I was like, they have the best defense in the nation, right? <laughs> they also have a terrible offense. <laughs> they have zero offense. Zero and all this hype that we were talking about Iowa all year long, they just got exposed. And I tell you what, if Penn State had their quarterback that entire game, I dare say they would have been exposed then. Well, they were exp- in that in that game. They were exposed in the first half. I mean, it you was... got to look all the points Penn State put up those points in the first half, and then that happened. But um, and it's a shame and Ohio State and Penn State are going to play each other. Like it's a bloody shame because. I think Ohio State should be on the other side or something because I would love to see Iowa play somebody. Run run through a Michigan State schedule, Iowa. Play the big boys on this side of the world because then I don't have to hear about Kurt Ferentz ever again. There we go. That's, and that's all we had in the Big Ten. 
It's all they had yeah. this week. It was embarrassing. And you wonder and you wonder why the SEC talks so much. Yeah, this did not help the, no. the Big Ten versus SEC conversation. And you know what? Like, I'm sorry I'm gonna go on my soapbox and I do this when we talk Big Ten probably the most. If I'm Kevin, okay, and I look at the schedule like end of the year, all right, guys, let's see what we got for scheduling. And I look at week seven. And I look at these teams playing each other and I go, where's Michigan? Where's Penn State? Where's Ohio State? And why aren't they playing? At least one of them. All three can't be off. Like (laughs) if I'm running a business, right? Why are my best hitters not out there? Like Georgia's out there this week. Bama's not. They're putting one of the big dogs out there every week. One's not allowed to be off if the other one's off. Like that's just smart business. Muff, you and I have done, we've worked together in a professional setting. Mm-hmm. Have you and I ever been off at the same time? I don't recall that ever happening. Ever. We worked together yeah. nine years almost. Mm-hmm. Like you don't put off, you don't take one off and say, oh yeah, you can have off too. It just doesn't work. Well, Kevin, and this then, is a failure. But then, And then the team that you're supposed to be touting, the number two team in the nation, just lays an egg. <laughs> But it's Iowa. Like, you should have assumed that was going to happen. Like, that was a bad idea. Like I said, I wish I wish it was it was Gus Johnson on the call for this game. I hope he was. I really do. I don't know. I I hope he had I hope he had his Iowa pin on and was super excited when the game started. And then Joel Klatt just took over the game because he they he couldn't talk because he was so angry and upset. I honestly think the Wisconsin against Army was the primetime game on the Big Ten Network. I'm pretty sure. Kevin, this is on you, buddy. What are you doing, guy? What are you doing? The rest of the top 25, number nine, Oregon, goes ahead in the fourth quarter to stay relevant within the Pac-12 and the national rankings, beating Cal 24-17. Okay, and here's another one. I'm not going to – Kevin, you're not the only moron. (laughs) Pac-12, I know that you're a brilliant man. You're a brilliant conference full of academic genius. Cal, which is no slouch – on marketing Oregon we all know is your shining diamond why do we let this game be played on what was it Friday night Thursday night yeah it was a late night Friday game I think come on let's make this your primetime heavy hitter let's look at what the Big Ten's doing which is they're feeding you nothing the the viewer and let's take let's take over the spotlight we're in alliance with these people the Big Ten and the Pac-12 is an alliance and we all drop the ball on the marketing here like, come on. Uh, San Diego State in the top 25 remains undefeated, actually beating San Jose State 19 to 13. They will probably go the same way as Coastal Carolina, continue yeah. their undefeated ways, and probably get not a whole bunch of love. Yeah. Um, number one, Georgia bolsters its resume, getting a win against number 11, Kentucky, also undefeated coming into the game, and putting a stop for the time being to Kentucky's upstart season. Dogs win 30 to 13. Interested to see where Kentucky goes from here. I don't know Kentucky's schedule. This is why you got me with, with my No, that's what I'm saying. I'm, no, that's what I'm interested just to see with Kentucky. Because even, I mean, it's still the SEC. They could still run into a team outside the top 25 and get beat, just like Bama did against Kentucky A&M. Kentucky played Tennessee yet. That's, that's the, the big question. I don't think they have. Yeah. So it'll be a little bit more that's for... That's the game to watch. If they haven't played yet... Kentucky, Tennessee. 
Let's hope it's not in Tennessee. Oof, uh, everybody's sick. <laughs> number three, Cincy takes down Scott Frost, former national champion, UCF Golden Knights, handily winning 56-21 and catapulting themselves into even more relevant national conversations, which we'll get to when we break down the top 10 later. Yep. Number four, Oklahoma starts true freshman Caleb Williams a week after he replaced former Heisman Candidate Spencer Rattler, and this could be the spark the Sooners were looking for. They beat TCU 52-31, five total touchdowns from Williams. So just to go back to the Kentucky thing, they play Mississippi State October 30th, so they're on a bye week this week. Uh, Kentucky then plays Tennessee November 6th. And then it's Vanderbilt, uh, New Mexico State, and Louisville. So, I mean, they could win out. They can run the table from here. And run out. Yeah, run the table. Um, Oklahoma. So, there's another point I want to raise about that game. There's talk Spencer Rattler is going to transfer. <laughs> there's a lot of talk about Spencer Rattler, and including not just transferring, but also just saying I'm done with college football and starting to prepare for the draft. And a lot of critics of Spencer think – he should look to the Jalen Hurt story and pump the brakes. Yes. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah, he's uh, this this could be a huge <clears throat> one of the like specific landmark situations that come down to this whole transfer portal thing yep. is if he chooses to do whatever. Cause I I don't even know he must have one more year of eligibility left, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. So it was like a, probably a grad transfer, I'm guessing, at this point. So, I think he could be the next Tate Martell or the next Jalen Hurt. And it's it's his call. Future's in your hands, brother, but choose wisely. Number five, Alabama returns to their winning ways, easily putting a 49-9 win over Mississippi State. That's what we expected from Alabama coming yeah. off a loss. Okay, next. <laughs> Number 12, Oklahoma State continues their undefeated campaign and notches a 32-24 win over Reeling, Texas. Still not Texas's year, but maybe Oklahoma State's year to challenge in the think, Big 12. I don't think it's ever going to be Texas's year, frankly. More to come on that later. In a game that uh, we don't need to talk about anymore, Ole Miss beats Tennessee 31-26. to No, 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 no. We're going to talk about this. Okay. We can talk about it more? Second. I'm okay. not going to talk about the game itself. I'm going to talk about Ole Miss. Okay. That quarterback that they have, mm-hmm. I will mention in the Heisman race. He's already in mentioned. But being I mean, mentioned. like, I will legitimately, for the show, I will put my hat in the ring for that guy for right now. All right. Now, he has that loss on him, his record, you know. But he is, if we're going to say, the most valuable player for a team, he's that guy. I like him. I think he's I think he's the athlete of the year for right now in college football. All right. Auburn continues to stay relevant in the national conversation, gets a top 25 win over number 17, Arkansas, 38-23. Auburn's just going to, I think, be bought back and forth. I mean, but Arkansas's a joke, man. Like, I'm tired of them even being ranked. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they are anymore. Good grief. Utah knocks off Herm Edwards. Right back out of the top 25 as the Utes beat the Sun Devils of the formerly 18 Arizona State 35 to 21. Twitter's back on Herm's case again. Of course. If he doesn't go undefeated and win a national championship, he's done. 
they, they think that he's, you know, now the call is he's too old and lost touch. He's Herm's lost. To, okay. He's of all the people, touch. I'm not concerned about losing touch is Herm. Yep. That's the, that was the talk the next morning. He was out of touch and he's just a hype machine. Yeah, well, isn't that a lot of college football? Thank you. Baylor improves to six and one as they take down number 19 BYU 3824. Is BYU somebody to be trifled with in the Big 12 right now? You mean Baylor? Yeah, Baylor. I, I think they're a threat. I think they're a threat. And I think Oklahoma better watch out. Oklahoma's got a tough road to hoe, and Baylor's one of those hurdles they got to jump through. I, I think mm-hmm. beware. LSU continues its middling ways, but does get a win over number 20, Florida, 49-42. More to come on that later. Hell of a game. Did you watch any of the highlights of that game? Did, well, I mean, I saw like the like the last touchdowns in the highlights. Hell, hell of a game. Hell of a game. Brad Johnson's son, still the quarterback at LSU. Yeah. I think so. Dan Mullen is an idiot. I like to say that guy is a moron. And, we're, and we'll talk about Ed, but Dan Mullen, man. Whew. Number 21, Texas A&M burst into the top 25 this week after their thrilling win over Bama last week, and they don't have a letdown game, winning 35-14 to 14 over Missouri. Yeah, good for them. I, there's not much to say on that one. And unfortunately, Jim, number 22, NC State, takes it to Boston College, 33-7. I mean, I thought this would be a lot closer. That's the only thing I can say about that. All right, man. It's time for the breakdown. Top 10. Yeah, so the AP has it. Georgia, one. Cincinnati, two. Oklahoma, three. Bama, four. Ohio State, five. Michigan, six. Penn State, seven. Oklahoma State, eight. Michigan State, nine. Oregon, 10. And the 11, Iowa. I have it. Georgia, one. Bama, two. Cincinnati, three. Michigan, four. Oklahoma, five. Ohio State 6, Penn State 7, Oregon 8, Michigan State 9, Oklahoma State 10, and Iowa 11. Anything specific you want to chat about on that before I say mine? Um, so I decided to take a little bit of your influence. Um, and I put, we'll go with like, I said Georgia's, you know, obviously undefeated. Bama, because I just think Bama's the second best team in the nation with my eye test. Uh, Cincinnati's undefeated. Uh, So is Michigan. And unfortunately, so is Oklahoma. They are shit, but they're undefeated. Um, Then I went by my eye test after that. I think the, the next best team is Ohio State, then Penn State, then Oregon. Um, while Michigan State is undefeated, I don't think they're very good. Same thing with, I think, Oregon, Oklahoma State's undefeated. I don't think they're very good. And then then Iowa's not very good, but they were number two, so I, they're just in at 11. They're probably going to fall farther than that. I, I think there's better 11s. Yeah. So most of yours is is an eye test. Yeah. This, this week, yeah, because yeah. – I think it's going to shake itself out. Not this week, but in the last week of October, this thing's going to be a whole bigger. There's going to be a lot. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of jockeying for position, obviously, with a lot of teams starting to match up against each other. And I looked Um, at schedules and stuff. mm -hmm. Uh, October 30th, 
uh, Oklahoma plays Texas Tech, I think it's going to be a challenge. Obviously, the Penn State, um, uh, Penn State, Ohio State game. I think Cincinnati plays SMU that weekend, who's ranked. Um, there's some big games that weekend. So in two weeks, this thing's going to be turned on its head. All right. So I actually my, think Michigan State plays Michigan that weekend. Yeah, that's that happens that same weekend. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that that last weekend in October is going to be an interesting, interesting, uh, interesting shakeup because it's, it's yeah. it, 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 has it has to happen. To it has to happen. Yeah. And we're it's going to be forced to happen at that point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my top ten is Georgia at one. I think that's the consensus. I mean, if somebody doesn't have Georgia at one, then yeah. you've made some terrible life decisions. I think. Yeah. Um, just saying consistently with from last week to this week for me, Oklahoma continues to jump in the rankings to me to number two You're despite out of despite your despite jim's <laughs> constant outcry of oklahoma continuing to be a contender Ugh. uh i have cincinnati at three again just because it's just moving up that's all it's done is just moving up the ladder from the iowa loss uh bama at four again continue to move up the ladder i have penn state at five ohio state at six again that's same thing in the ladder neither of them yep. played so they can't there's no reason to jump them anywhere in mine. Um, Michigan comes in at seven again as a one loss team. Um, but I've actually I played at least beat at this point. They beat a ranked Washington team at the time. Um, Michigan State undefeated comes in at eight. Oklahoma State undefeated comes in at nine. Iowa squeaks in at 10 <clears throat> only because they have a top five win in my ranking system. Um, and then Oregon's at 11 just because their loss came to an unranked team. I firmly disagree with two. I think you're out of your mind. I disagree with Michigan State at eight. I think they're overrated. Um, but other than that, it is what it is. I Oklahoma, oh, my. And I think it's your logic that's going to that's gonna screw up the playoff system, frankly. I think people, a lot of people are going to think like you, and I think that's a crock of shit. Well, the thing is, is it's it can only go so far because as we've talked about here in a few weeks, there's going to be there, there's going to be no way to not make the forced decisions that are going to happen, at least when it comes to Penn State, Ohio State. At some point, Georgia is going to have to play Bama or they're going to have to do something right. So, I mean, all this has to happen at some point. So it's just going to be OK. Michigan's got to play Michigan State, Oklahoma State, if they stay on this path, is going to play an undefeated Oklahoma. So, I mean, that's... I fear, I fear the outcome of Bama beating Georgia, mm-hmm. Ohio State beating Penn State, and then Ohio State losing to Michigan, and then Michigan losing to whoever's on the other side of that Big Ten championship. Oklahoma wins. <laughs> then we have a mess. I, I don't. Well, you've I don't think, think you have the best team in the top four then. Well, if Oklahoma Oklahoma State continues to win out, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have to collide at some point. Yeah. So that that would potentially give Oklahoma a top, we'll say 10. We'll say they meet when they're undefeated. It's a top 10 win. I, I don't care. <laughs> Big 12 is a shit conference, and I think the, the Big 10 cannibalizing itself, and even the SEC cannibalizing itself, allows teams like Oklahoma to walk in unscathed Mm-hmm. And the fact that Cincinnati's a non-power five, they're going to get the boot. And th- those two grievances with this system is what makes me angry. 
Yeah. And it's, we, we could have that Georgia Bama situation again, where they play in the championship game and Bama beats Georgia. They're both one lost, one lost teams. If they both got in and Oklahoma doesn't, I'm in, I'm cool. You're about it. I'm about it. As long as Oklahoma Oklahoma, doesn't get in. Even an undefeated Oklahoma team. Yeah, I'm fine. At that point, wouldn't Bama be the the team potentially on the outs if you just look at the the resume based on the loss? Don't care. Don't care. If it goes, I would be happy with the Georgia, Bama, Cincinnati, and anybody but Oklahoma. <laughs> I would be totally okay with it. Anybody else? Anybody Coast, else? Let's toss Coastal in there. Why not? Sure. I'm okay with it. Maybe even San Diego State undefeated non-power five schools. I just don't think the Big Twelve is worth a lick. I just don't. All right. Well, that's the top 10 breakdown. Let us know your thoughts. Tweet us at Sports Gym Muff. Get us on the comments. You know what to do. Time to get into the next part of the show. And now it's time for the Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Woo! So there's some good stuff in here. There's some heavy stuff in here. There's some excellent stuff in here let's kick it off with the nfl which is a lot of what i just said every every possible thing that just came out of your mouth is encapsulated in the, the first NFL. topic in this week's fast five fast five fast five the nfl let's, let's just start out lean right into the uh rip right and rip the, it. The, war, the warhead here uh john gruden we talked about this very briefly last week of what was going to happen from these emails and the situation that came through was this going to be used as a potentially firing for cause from john gruden well even more comes out after last week's episode or at least we recorded last week's episode and um john gruden ultimately resigns which i'm sure voids his contract in in all ways possible uh i'm sure there's some settlement we don't know about in my opinion um but so he he resigns because he Mm -hmm. said some off-color outlandish disrespectful things um that should never be said about sexuality and race and things of that nature um but as was said at the top of the show this was done because an investigation was being done on the washington football club and there were like seven thousand emails it's probably more I, I want to say I saw at one point I saw like ten thousand plus, maybe who knows? I mean, it's probably still being deciphered and figured out. Yeah, <laughs> like and John wasn't even a coach then; he was an analyst for ESPN. Oh, and funny you should say that because guess what? You don't hear on ESPN right now the crickets, crickets about the story. Right, <laughs> which to me is absolutely ridiculous. We're not hearing anything about the owners. There's been calls from, I believe, the player union for all of the emails to be let out there. And I think it's it should because I believe that this kind of uh, conversation, this style of conversation, John's not a unicorn, man. This is not a one person, oh, he's he's the guy who talks like this and shame on him. They were all talking like this. And it's been there's been little tiny leaks on the uh, Washington ownership previous ownership and gms that kind of hit that way yeah yeah there was the and i'm not going to get into the details of it it's 
it's putrid. I don't even know the words to describe it, but um, if you want to get into something that is definitely, I think the epitome of what the NFL should be taking away from the league and totally pulling people that are involved in this from any involvement with the league, whether it's ownership, general management, head coach, being in any way involved in the organization, um, look into the information that came out regarding the Washington football team's cheerleaders yeah, and, and the trip that they were forced to take um, and the things that they were forced to participate in. Uh, that right there, to me, should be a call to uh, ownership turnover within that organization, forced it forced ownership turnover in some degree um this is i think a very defining moment for the nfl and how they're going to handle gross mismanagement from the top but let's investigate everything let's not let's let it all out in the public because and and i'm not gonna typically i would set a firestorm and start naming out names with no with no information (laughs) to back it up but the mrs snyder's or dan snyder's and John Gruden are merely uh, lightning rods for a pandemic epidemic that is definitely going on in that league. And I don't care what anybody tells me right now. This is not just one-off behavior. And it needs to be outed because you can't in one hand say, we are the league of diversity and run these commercials. And then you have the ownership of that league talking the way they talk. Agreed. Uh, this will continue to come out. So get strap in because there's, this isn't going away. It may, it may be put into, Oh, they're uh, going to try to make it go away. Oh, they're going to try to make it go away. I mean, if there's one thing we know about um, commissioner Goodell is he, he's not, he's not bad at his job No, <laughs> from, from an owner, from an ownership perspective. He's not bad at his job. Uh, something lost in all of this. But even though the Washington football team tried to put this to the forefront of all this is that they were honoring Sean Taylor this week. They honored Sean Taylor at this game and it was not really announced too much until earlier in the week, earlier last week, whenever this comes out on Tuesday. Um, I, you've got, that has got to be like one of the worst PR moves to ever do. All this comes out. It's like, Oh, Hey everybody, we're going to honor one of the, greatest players that we think in our organization who you know just so happened to lose his life early and yeah look at this look at this guys this is a great thing this is the worst way to honor a player in your organization ever in my mind yes it's terrible um some other things in the nfl uh we have zach Ertz heading to arizona join jj watt in what i'm going to call the competitive retirement village um these are players to the tail ends of their career who want to get one last shot at a championship, whether it's this year or next year. I think both of these players kind of see that coming in. And Zach Ertz saw at Philadelphia that Dallas um, Goddard was going to be getting more of the snaps, more of the air apparent in that offense. So uh, Philadelphia, I think, decided, ah, let's trade him before he leaves at the end of the year. We can actually get something from this. So I think not enough. I mean, you see an Instagram post, you see a tweet. I don't think enough attention is brought to guys like J.J. Watt and Zach Ertz when they leave a city that they love. I saw his, uh, I saw Ertz's comment about mm-hmm. leaving Philly where he was like in tears. 
These guys love the cities they get, they're in. And they give back to their cities a lot. And to me, like, that needs that needs to be given more attention. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely... Well, especially in the middle of the season, right? This is easily lost in the shuffle of the, the day-to-day yes. in the NFL. Yes. Um, regardless of all of this other stuff that's going on, this has easily been lost no matter what. I agree. Um, Jim, you, you found some, some interesting stats on some of the taunting going on? Yeah, so there's an article out that, like, taunting and the, the uh, flags thrown for taunting is not going to go away. Uh, taunting and the officials, there have been 11 flags f- for taunting in the first two weeks of this season. Uh, that's the same number called in the entire 2020 season for the same foul, but only three over the, the next three weeks of the season. So they're thinking, well, we've curbed taunting. And uh, they say, the officials say, we're right where we need to be, and we're now seeing the correction we were looking for. Uh, says NFL executive Troy Vincent when he was speaking to the Associated Press. We saw the spike in the first three weeks, and now we're seeing a decline. I don't understand why they wanted to stop taunting. They, yeah, this was one of the points of emphasis coming into the year was this whole taunting thing, and especially like person-to-person taunting. That was the that was the point of emphasis. We don't want people standing over people. We don't want people in people's faces taunting after plays, after good plays, after pass breakups, after big tackles. That was the point of emphasis. Um, if you're gonna do shit, do it in email, boys. Like, come on. <laughs> Is that what we're saying? I, that's that's kind of what the behavior's been, right? Like, <laughs> let them play. They, they want to manage behavior out there in the public so much they want to not they want to control the players but they're letting ownership and coaches and just do whatever they want and let them play this is ridiculous that's my take sorry muff all right up next on this week's fast five fast five fast five things in college college football the carousel starting to spin baby it's already it's already there old eddie ogeron go tigers uh will be out at LSU at the end of the season announced on Sunday. So we kind of bobbed and weaved and didn't really dive into Ed because we're waiting for that investigation to happen. But we know that Ed was on the hot seat for some real bad investigations happening at LSU. Uh, The conduct of players and for misconduct was not okay. And Ed was on the hot seat and Quite frankly, the seasons weren't the greatest anyway. So Ed respectfully bowed out before a fire got lit under his ass. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. If they would have been national contenders this this year, you may have not heard about this until next year, but they're not, so now's the time. Yeah. But likely candidates that have already been discussed, James Franklin, or yeah, James Franklin, Jimbo Fisher, Lane Kiffin, Luke Fickle. Let me go on record saying that I don't think any of those four men are going anywhere. Um, But Dave Arnotta from Baylor, a former defensive coordinator for LSU, I think might have a shot at it, maybe. He was there when Ed was there. They were both coordinators. They chose Ed. Um, It's a possibility. The other four big names seem to be in the hunt for the the USC job, too. You know what I mean? They... These are names that get thrown out there all the time. 
Urban? I, I don't think Urban's going to LSU. He doesn't fit that mold. <laughs> no, he does not. I agree. <laughs> I don't think Urban survives in Baton Rouge. No. <laughs> I honestly don't think Luke Fickle or James Franklin fit that mold. No. No, I don't. I mean, no. That, that, I think that requires a specific type of personality. Yeah. And I don't think any of these names that at least are in that normal carousel are going to make Jimbo Fisher, maybe. Maybe. He could. He could. Maybe. Lane Kiffin could. Well, Lane Kiffin's already in the conference. He fits anywhere. I'm now a Lane Kiffin fan, but who's the female basketball coach they just hired? She was at Baylor. She's now at LSU. She's from LSU. Ah. She, and and loyal listeners, if you've made it this far on the show, hit us up in the DMs, but she could coach that football team. (laughs) One million percent. And probably win a national championship. No doubt about it. She intimidated Ed when she, because I saw her coming to her ceremony when she moved. And she intimidated Ed. And Mulkey. Yeah, Kim Mulkey. Yeah. I say hire her. Make it happen, LSU. Make it happen. Yeah. Horns down, Jim? Yeah, so Texas, this week, coming up, is set to host like 10 number one recruits. A number one receiver, the number one quarterback. All these number one guys are coming to see Texas. One of them is like demanding cousin or whatever archie's Um, grandson yeah arch arch manning why texas still still moves the needle jim for what because matthew mcconaughey's there hey you've got to you've got to think name image likeness puts a whole new perspective to why would i want to go to texas is that what it is i'm sure there's a lot of opportunities there okay there's a lot of money that floats around there and you can probably make a nice chunk of change by going to Texas. I guess. I guess. Uh, finally, in the college, college news, we can call it college, call it college football. Ooh. And Muff, this is more for you, buddy, because mm-hmm. you work in higher ed. Uh, the NCAA task force has recommended on Friday that incoming freshmen in D1 and D2 sports should no longer be required to meet minimum scores on standardized tests uh, for initial eligibility. Quote, these days of college colleges requiring SAT and ACTs are passing rapidly. More than half of our four-year colleges and universities will not require these tests for admissions in 2021 and are more and more dropping the requirement every week. I went, hmm, that's, that's odd. Yeah. Why? These tests should no longer be required in the initial eligibility standards, these tests are being recognized as forces of institutional racism, which consist with their history, and they should be jettisoned for that reason alone. Moreover, pragmatics also support this change. Quick, Exp- I don't know who you're quoting, but I don't know either. Is it just a report somewhere that yeah, came out? Yeah, it's a report. Yeah. 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 Uh, explain, Muff. Is this really which part? A thing? There's a there's a all lot. of it. There's a, there's They're a lot really to this. stopping first. Schools yeah, in general are getting rid of these tests. Yeah, so this is a COVID COVID fallout because there weren't 
options, as many options to take ACT, SAT tests. Uh So just admission standards are not, a lot of schools went test optional. Now, while a school may go test optional for these standardized tests, it does not mean that it may not be of benefit to take them. If you're looking at the basic, the general student, um, that in order to qualify for certain uh, like academic scholarships or other financial aid, you may still have to have certain ACT, SAT scores. So there's still potential benefit, but as far as admission standard, um, there's actually, and I'm not going to sit here and tout one over the other, there are studies out there that show that a high school student's GPA is just as good or potentially a better indicator of their aptitude to succeed at the collegiate level. So that's out there. Some people point to that saying, why are we still using these tests? They're not even the best indicator of success. Um, They're just another chunk of money that you have to pay to jump through the hoop to be able to go to college. Now, as far as you're looking at student athletes, this is something I don't have, you know, a great deal of knowledge on aside from, you know, there's certain eligibility standards and there are certain NCAA standards that you have to meet before you are able to compete at the collegiate level. I don't know what that requires as far as ACT, SAT, um, but there are like qualifying standards before you can compete as a freshman. Um, And if you don't meet those, you have to do certain things and a plan has to be in place about how you're going to resolve it. So as far as ACT, SAT, as far as a like institution, an institutional or a barrier, um, just, Again, I don't know. I don't know the NCAA standards on ACT, SAT testing. I don't know if, what you have to have on record um, now, or if that's in the process of changing. Uh, it's it's interesting. Like I said, colleges are going test optional or like test optional, right? Um, and I think the next two to three years are going to have a big big thing to do in this. And uh, the SAT, ACT, as far as a standardized test, could be in some hot water because before it was just a foregone conclusion, right? You're going to college, you have to take the SCT, ACT. That's not the case anymore. I'm going to be okay with this. I don't, I agree with the, it's just another hoop people have to jump through. And that's kind of my stance on it until uh, I did something that proves me otherwise. That's where I stand. Fair enough. And next in this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. NBA chat. And it's not all about the NBA, but NBA players. So Kyrie, man. <laughs> Kyrie's being Kyrie. And, you know, if there's one thing that I can say about Kyrie, I may not agree with everything he says. I may not agree with his flat earth mentality. And um, I, I question now Duke's education uh, in some in some instances. Kyrie is consistent. His, his, his When he takes a stance, he sticks to it. Yeah, and I and I can appreciate that about him. Yeah, in the fact that he does not waver in his in his opinions and in his thoughts. So he's going to be sat down by the Nets unless he gets vaccinated, and says he will not be offered a four year, one hundred eighty six million dollar extension due to this, and won't yeah. pay him the forty one million due if he missed all home games this season. Right. So the Nets are pretty much putting this over his head of, hey, you qualify for this super sweet four-year, million, $186 million extension, and we were probably going to give it to you, but if you're not playing, we're not going to do anything. And he can't play by 
the state standards or the mm. local standards, whatever it is, in any home games unless he's vaccinated, which would amount to about $41 million over the course of this season of his current contract. They're saying, if you can't play in these games, you don't get that money. Nets are also looking to trade him. That's It's been a discussion since this whole thing started. Again, I don't know how actively that's going, but I think the closer it gets to the start of the season, the more of a conversation this will continue to be. Now, again, we've said he's staying consistent. He continues mm-hmm. to say it's a personal decision. It's not about the money, and he's doing what's best for him. Here, here's my snag with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've read his personal statement, his Instagram, whatever. I've saw his live, whatever. He says, "Don't you think I want to be paid? Don't you think that I?" I I would love the money, but I have made this decision and I'm going to stick with it. And it's about me. And I don't really care what you have to say. Good. It's not about politics. Oh, okay. It's about my personal choice. Fine. Mm-hmm. But, and maybe I'm not entitled to the answer to this, but he's not saying I'm not doing this because I need to research it more. He's not saying I'm not doing this because I feel they're microchipping me or that it's against my, you know, my religion or mm-hmm. it may cause a negative reaction. He's just saying, I'm not doing it. I don't think it's good for me, but I don't know why it's not like there's no education to it for him. It's like I'm going to research it. You know what I mean? And I'm going to say, I haven't dug enough in to see his full opinions, but I, I mean, what I've seen, I agree, has been very like basic. Um, His full opinions never mm-hmm. come out and say, and again, I've said on this show before, maybe we're not entitled to it. Right. But he's never come out and said, this is why I'm not doing this, yeah. which is fine, except he's got people that count on him. His teammates. An organization. Yeah. That he's committed to. So if you're I not mean, going to tell us, gonna the fans... Question, I'm going to question the commitment to the organization. Again, correct. it's his own deal. If this is what he's doing, that let's just call it what it is. And the organization needs to make... They, they have to take their stand. Right. All the same so, that he's got to take his. And these are going to conflict, and we know that. So if Kyrie's not going to tell us the fans, whatever, that's his business. Mm-hmm. But I would like to think maybe he's told James Harden and KD and ownership... Yeah. Listen, I feel that if I get the vaccine, I'm going to be tracked by those on the planet, or it may make my blood boil. I don't know what he thinks. Right. But, or maybe I need to do more research before the season starts. I I don't know. I would like to think that. Yeah. Now, if he hasn't done that, that's where I have an issue. Yeah, I mean, it's not about an informed decision. And if his informed decision is saying this is not what's best for me, which is the line he's used, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but yeah, I, I would hope that at least somebody, somebody in his camp, even if it's not KD and James and all them, somebody in his camp knows the full the full story. Yeah, like if, like you said, if we're not entitled to that, perfect. But I hope that there's other people that are close to him that have that answer. Yeah, I, I hope. I hope. <laughs> yep. If not, I whatever. Hope. Yeah. Another (laughs) not get paid. Another news: NBA players. J.R. Smith hits the links. 
He gets done. He gets he gets the shot. <laughs> so you sent this to me. I didn't even see this. Yeah. Uh, that Jared Smith over the over last week last week um, played in a two day college competition. As we've talked about before, he's representing representing North Carolina A and T as a golfer. He's a former two time or well, two time NBA champion. Um, and Jim found that uh, he had a little. Get a little B situation. And this wasn't like this wasn't like Bryson and Fire Ants. This was a legit situation. Yeah, he had to get medical attention. He uh, he stepped on a beehive, um, and got stung. And like they had to bring him the medical golf cart. Muff, is this a thing? A medical golf cart? It's just a go- it's medical attention. There's probably just a there has to be probably somebody on grounds for an NCAA sanctioned event. That's what I'm like. Yeah. I wonder if there's actually a medical golf cart. It's just a golf court that they might put a medical sticker on. Got it. Yeah. I I don't think there's a special golf cart. (laughs) There was like Instagram of this and like, he got stung pretty good. Like a bunch of times on his leg. He finished good on him. But like, is there any more J.R. Smith thing that could happen than being stung? Only, only if as it was happening, he ran away and took his shirt off. That would be the most JR right. Smith thing ever. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that, I don't think that happened, but it would have been hilarious. No, it did not. It did not. Because it was <laughs> on, his, been, on his leg. Yeah, that would have been the most JR Smith thing to happen Absolutely. in the situation. Uh, he did say afterwards that he was kind of nervous and didn't know what to expect. Um, and I think this is kind of like a real moment for someone going outside of their competitive comfort level, mm-hmm. as far as like in a wholly different sport that, um, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to say this, that golf has a different set of skills and most of them are mental in order to be consistently competitive you either going to have the swing or you're not going to have the swing but after that after there comes a point when even at the collegiate level everyone has you know the physical attributes and has put the time in it's all about the mental stuff so Mm. i think this may potentially improve that part of his game in the basketball world in the future so could be a little cross training in that way and next in this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five, Bram. women's basketball. The Chicago Sky win the WNBA title, beating the Phoenix Mercury 80-74 to in Game 4. The number six seeds, Chicago Sky, erased a double-digit deficit in the final minutes of Game 4 to bring the first WNBA title to Chi-Town. Uh, first team not seeded one or two to ever win an NBA title. Candace Parker wins her second title, leading all players in game four with 13, uh, leading all players in rebounds with 13 um, points and added six, 13 rebounds and 16 points and five assists. Man, don't ever tell me to do basketball stats. Um, this is pretty cool that Chicago won their first title. Um, cool that Candace got her second one. They got a lot of play this time. I think the Amazon deal played out well for them. Um, seeing the media got behind it well. Let's yeah. hope it continues. You saw, I mean, you saw the 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 Candace Parker uh, commercial get a lot of play just in mm-hmm. just in regular in the regular um, the regular commercial play like mm-hmm. during all all sporting. So yeah. watching football, you'd see it here and there. Um, so I think they were making a little bit of an effort. I will say that it. <laughs> it brought awareness to her, but I don't think at the same time it was bringing awareness to how can I watch this? Like that was my, that was my one, my one 
downfall to that whole campaign was cool Candace Parker all of these things now we know oh but is she's in the finals right now and how can I watch that and I don't know if that's a lot of like can we do this cross promotionally in some of these networks I don't know that I agree with you I, I understand that that one commercial yes and maybe it's because I had I watched it on YouTube TV and I, I'm a cord cutter but I did see a lot of finals commercials and where to watch it I also saw a lot of commercials that weren't Candace Parker like I saw commercials for Tarazi I, you know what I mean I saw other WNBA players getting airtime and again YouTube TV who ha- happens to have partnerships with the WNBA yeah. so maybe that's why um I also saw a lot of social media but again the phones listen to us so who knows you know what I mean maybe because of the YouTube's talking now my phone's talking who knows Listen, and I've been on record as the past of saying that, uh, you know, for good or for not, and WNBA is not a sport that I get that I get into. I mean, that's just for me. That's just real. There's a lot of other I, people who don't get into golf, and I'm totally okay with that. So. Like if I had to take the last five years of WNBA advertising, mm-hmm. I think this year was probably the best. I think you do have a point in that they promoted the players well this year where to find it and the times to find it were not always the best. I agree that. We've got a lot of time in the off season, a longer off season than the NBA for sure. um, The WNBA has, because they have a shorter overall season. Um, So as we've talked about before, where do these players go? They may be going to play internationally. That's where some of them get their money. Like they're more, more yeah. of their money. We've talked about yeah. that before. Like Diana Tarazi gets more money playing abroad than playing for the WNBA. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something we've talked about before needs fixed desperately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And last in this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Bram. Baseball. So, uh, for anybody living under a rock or waiting till the actual World Series, it's Houston versus <laughs> Boston. Or, or Atlanta versus the Dodgers. Those are the two teams left. Um, Houston and Boston, that series is tied 1-1. Houston uh, rallied back from a 3-1 to hole in game one to beat Boston 5-4. to uh, Boston, however, came back in game two and got Grand Slam happy, getting two Grand Slams in that game uh, and winning 9-5. to The Braves uh, are up 1-0 to in games. Austin Riley homered in game one. And uh, no, I'm sorry. Austin Riley hit a walk-off single in the bottom of the ninth to win three to two. Braves won that game. Baseball, man. This is day-to-day. People realize yeah. this on Tuesday. It's going to be wrong as far as like there's yeah. going to be updates from that point. Uh, this is why it's tough for us to talk about baseball, especially in these series, because by the time we get there, you're asleep because baseball's boring. And that wraps up this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Bram. Well, Muff, we've come to the end of episode 90. Pretty pumped. You sounded, Jim. You very much sounded. Well, at this point, we're just racing to 100. I don't know what happens at 100. Like, I don't know if our computers just give us balloons and lots of great things happen. Yeah, I, I really don't know. 
not sure what happens at 100 aside from you know it gets uploaded and we hope people see that you know there's three digits in the total episodes now yeah um, maybe that means something to them maybe shout, shout out, out to the loyal to our, listeners as always you. right <laughs> shout out to the loyal listeners shout out to our sauce boss gang they are holding some events um a great gatsby kind of restaurant takeover if you've seen our social media we're trying to rep them uh, shout out to all of our gurus who come on the show uh, even the ones that i disagree with yeah shout out shout out shout out to my wife who's beating people at fantasy and makes it an incessant thing for me something you have to talk about all the time yeah um the betting episode get ready to listen to the new one we're going to be recording that on tuesday nights drops thursdays that's what people need yeah. to know how did our mike allstott hit pick of the week oh it busted because it was a chargers game just stayed on the cardinals that's all i'm saying i tried you you brought it up i thought i was just saying you brought it up i was resistant but you know we also didn't know at the time that i think Nick Chubb was not going to be playing. I think there were some unknowns that maybe could have swayed us. But... I tried, man. But that's episode 90, Muff. That's it. You all know what to do. Follow us at Sports Jim Muff, Instagram, Twitter, soon to be Facebook, once Jim gets that going for episode 100. Episode maybe 100. That, maybe that's the balloon thing. That'll be the that's balloons. That's the balloon thing. Yep. That's the balloons. All right. You all know what to do. Tell a friend. Make a friend. Be... be- uh, friend. friend.
get, I know what 